Sisters Talk Brothers is a spoiler-filled podcast about the TV show Supernatural. Music credit goes to Hans Adam and their song in the Creative Commons called Paint the Sky. Driver picks the music, Shotgun shuts his cake hole. On with the show. Talk about two heartless, soulless, ghost of a pair of boys, all family style. Family style. Yeah. Family style. Yeah. How are you, Hannah? I'm doing pretty good, Kendall. I've got a heater up in the attic, and I'm doing swell. Well, that's just honky-dory? Honky-dory? Honky-dory. So, since... There's cocktails, like really pretty cocktails I've never seen in my life, featured at the beginning of this episode. I thought we should talk our favorite drinks. You know, I love that that is what drew your eye because it drew my eye too. But what drew my eye was, what are they even doing? They should be drinking the cocktails. They're just sitting there playing with a little spinny decorations, whatever. The decorations and not drinking the delicious cocktails in front of them. They don't know like, how to drink. That better Which be like the third to talk martini I'm at that really point they're slowing down. <laughs> you're, you're fine at drinking. You just don't really enjoy it. You're True. a chomper, not a slurper. <laughs> a you what? Know? Okay. A chomper, not a slurper. Yeah, I guess I guess so. I'll take your word for that. Mm-hmm. Would you like to know what my favorite drink is, Kendall, as far as alcohol goes? I mean... <laughs> It's a limited selection, but let's go. (laughs) Well, I mean, I have a couple of drinks that I will order, but my favorite is the Sex on the Beach. And I spent a lot of my drinking age not knowing, like, which drinks were which. (laughs) Now that you're out of the drinking age... No, I'm still in the drinking age. I mean, you know, since I've been... When I was of the drinking age, (laughs) I wasted my years... But when I was like 22, 23, I can't remember, um, I went to your wedding and you had an open bar and I told the bartender, I was like, look, I don't really drink. So if you could just give me something kind of fruity where I can't really taste the alcohol, but you know, not too sweet. And she was like, I got you. And so she made me something with grapefruit and orange juice and some cherries, and it was delicious. I had about three of them, and then I went up and asked her what the drink was, and she was like, it's a sex on the beach. And I was like, great, this is what I will order every time I drink. For the rest of my life. And I have, sure enough. I didn't know you discovered your favorite cocktail at my wedding. Yeah, I can also drink an amaretto sour, but since I discovered the sex on the beach... It's no contest. (sighs) Finally, my wedding was good for something. Uh, your marriage? (laughs) Oh, the glare I just got from my wife. (laughs) (laughs) 
who's in trouble. No, she knows. The bar was like basically the best thing at our wedding. The bartender was those the little most cupcakes woman. were cute and inventive, so you didn't have to slice a whole cake to pieces. Like you already had the little cupcakes. That was adorable. Yeah, and the lights, the fairy lights. I had a yes, great the fairy time. Lights are amazing. It was a bomb diggity wedding. All right, let's just face it. Uh, we're only going to top it when we have our vow renewals. <laughs> Can I go to that? All right. Um. I mean, I'll think about inviting you. Okay. What's your favorite okay. drink, Kendall? Oh, where to start? All right, it really depends on the atmosphere, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm sitting at home, and oh, especially if it's summertime, and I just want something cool, crisp, and refreshing, nothing beats a gin, of to- gin and tonic, easy on the tonic, heavy on the lime. <sighs> I have to be sparing with those because they're so delicious. That I go from sober to, you know, passed out on the chair. Can't remember the last hour. Because <laughs> that's, that's how long it took me to, like, chug a whole thing of gin. Because it's just so freaking yummy. Here's, like, and here's the thing. Like, I don't drink to, like, a drunk. It's just, like, it's, it tastes good. It tastes good. If they made an alcoholist gin. <laughs> if they made, like, an alcoholist gin or a low-alcohol gin. I would love to drink gin and tonics. Jeez, they're so good. Um, I'll have to try one sometime. Oh, you'll hate it, but it's so good. Okay, And hey, fine. It, it protects you from malaria. So oh, Good, because I was really worried about that. I, I know, it is a growing concern. You know, here in the middle of the United States. Um, now, the most common drink I order when going out... That is, well, besides wine or beer, will be a margarita. Ooh. Again, no salt, heavy on the lime. Basically me and limes. We're, we're, we're kissing cousins. Um, <laughs> and, yes, yeah, so that's probably the most common cocktail I'll order while going out. But now say is you're sex dressing on the beach up a cocktail? and you're going. Hmm? Is sex on the beach a cocktail? Yes, it is. Okay. You did good. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Now, if I'm going out on the town, like, it's a fancy night, we're dressed up, we're meeting some friends at a bar, and we're just, like, having a sophisticated evening, I'm going to order an old-fashioned. I, I don't know what that is. It is the most cocktailiest of all the cocks. Ugh. It's whiskey-based. It has bitters in it. Which, you know, is bitter. Mm-hmm. And then you have, like, a cherry in it and an orange peel. So you get, like, just a hint of the fruity flavor muddled all together with, like, the bitter whiskey. And it's super potent. Like, it, it's the drink that, you know, you do not stick a straw in it and just slurp it up like you do with a and t or a margarita. It's, you sip... And you sit there and think about it for a minute and then decide, okay, yes, maybe I like this. <laughs> All right. All right. And then a few minutes later, go back, have a sip and go, woo. Okay, yes, I like this. Quah. That's the sound you make when you drink it. Quah. Quah. Ta. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to get all the fixins to make uh, old fashions next time we hang out because I know... My daughter and wife like some too. 
it's just that there's so many components, and each of the components, besides, like, the oranges, cost money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oranges yeah. are free. <laughs> and so it's it's one of those things that you don't mix up at home, you know? A margarita, a gin and tonic, you can have those at home, you can have those going out, but, like, an old-fashioned, you're either getting that at the bar or the restaurant, or you go over to your friend friend's house who has, like, a full bar and is, like, a mixologist and has invested hundreds of dollars into it's their fancy. bar. It's fancy. It's a highfalutin kind of drink. Yeah, I don't think I would try the old-fashioned, but, uh... I would try well, a gin and tonic. Like, if you were drinking a gin and tonic, I might have, like, can I be like, you know, can I have a sip of yours? Let me see how this is. I mean, you could try. You could try. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. I have a BB-8 uh, is that mug a gun? type thing. No, from Star Wars. <laughs> oh, yeah. What? Little BB-8, those little cute fuckers. I have a BB-8 mug type thing. That I got at a theme park. Cute. And it twists together in the ball shape. Like, it, it, you, tw- you unscrew it and it comes apart in its little ball body. And it has a little hole in the top of its head for the antenna, a- a.k.a. the straw to come out. And that's my favorite gin and tonic uh, holder in the world. That is adorable. You needed to know that. And can you well, say Hannah, body ball one more time? Body ball. Thank you. You just you pour the drink into its little body ball, and it goes swish, <laughs> swish, swish. Slush, slush, slush. I'm a slusher, not a chomper. Okay. <laughs> well, this has been enlightening well, you know, for our listeners. It sounds, it sounds like you really want to move on to talking about this just delightful this episode. I love this I know. Show. You're like... I'm done talking to my sister. Can we finally talk about the brothers? Jeez. Kendall's so last year. I love talking to you, but you're just going on about the topic I picked. (laughs) Well, you asked me to talk about a topic, and I talked about the topic. What more do you want from me? Well, Hannah, since you're so eager to move on, why don't we get into Season 2, Episode 17, Heart. I would hit you with that recap if I could, Kendall, but there is no recap. And I'm not really that surprised, but because there's no recap, I can, like, kind of figure this episode is different. But this episode isn't. We don't get the saving people or the hunting things or the family business. And you don't even get any mixed up wording of that. Which there's is even no recap. Sadder. <laughs> and I don't get it, Hannah, because this would have been prime time space prime time mm-hmm. super bowl time to do angsty sam saying i'm a monster you'll have to kill me someday dean yep. <laughs> like this was a very like plot relevant episode in a lot of ways in a um, lot of ways yeah it it definitely mirrors other conversations at points i mean mirrors at points it's an understatement <laughs> But Miss yeah. Hannah, jeez, I don't know why I get so butthurt when there's no recap, but, I mean, I guess, fine. Well, 
let's get into the meat of this heart. <laughs> and we start out in San Francisco, California, which, I mean, I don't even have to look at the notes to know it's totally not a real place, right? It's made up. Nobody lives there. San Francisco is a real place. And, and this doesn't have to do with Supernatural, but um, San Francisco, California is where the show Charmed was based. Like, I don't know if they actually filmed there, but like the opening scene of this episode looks identical to an opening scene from Charmed. Which tells you, Hannah, that it's not a real place. <laughs> Jeez, how much more do I have to explain it to you? And it says here in the notes that it has 10,000 more dogs than children. Fake place. Totally can't be real. It's where Irish coffee was invented instead of uh, Ireland. Yeah, Hannah, fake place. Jeans were invented here. Hell no. Jeans were probably invented in, like, Arizona, where jeans are actually used. <sighs> San Francisco is so, a real place, though. There's no, there's no <laughs> place called San Fran to go visit. San Fran. Don't call it that. The locals get mad. I know. That's why I say it, because it's a, not a real place. There are no real locals to get mad at me. Anyways, we're in a bar where a woman named Madison is not drinking cocktails with all of her friends. And her boss comes over and tries to mack on her. Super hard. This isn't working at all, is it? <laughs> no, it's not, Nate. Listen, I've had a couple. I shouldn't really drive. Could you just give me a look? I already called you a cab. And on the one hand, I kind of appreciated how quickly he backed off and, like, listened and felt the vibes. But on the other hand, he's her fucking boss. She could yeah. have his ass for harassment right now because this is so not cool. You're in a position of power and you're trying to use it to get your secretary or assistant or whatever her position is to come sleep with you? Fuck mm -mm. off. The days of secretaries marrying their bosses is gone. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Well, anyways. She tells him to fuck off and the lady's like, I'm that guy, Maddie. <laughs> he does this like all the time and she's like, yeah, you're like my coworkers, I guess. Whatever. So she gets spooked because she spots this dude in the bar just watching her. And you're like, what's going on there? Ooh. Well, she decides, you know, night's over, heads out, and somebody's following her to her car. She gets into her car. She braces off. She's spooked. And as she runs off, uh, drives off, we see that the person stalking her through the parking lot was the same guy that was stalking her at the bar. And we're already mm -hmm. like, all right, so this dude is a problem. Whomever him is, he's an a-hole. Yup. Right? Well. Also, he didn't touch his drink at the bar. Again, what's with all these people not, like, buying all these drinks and not drinking them? I'm poor. Give me the, give me the drinks. I will drink your drink if you're not drinking it. Yes, invite me to your show, and I will drink your drink, so it doesn't look like you are drinking your drink. Because heaven forbid. We know the Winchesters would drink their drinks. They often do. They often do. Especially if it's light beer. Well, the next morning, Madison is at work, making the coffee, and she must, I don't know, smell something? Or maybe it's just too quiet. And then she spots blood in the office. And she goes over and what does she see? Ah, her boss is dead. 
Which all I could think in this moment was, I guess he really did have to go back to the office <laughs> and finish up that work. He wasn't lying when he was like, hey, we need to go back to the office and get some work done. And she was like, haha, you just want to sleep with me. And he's like, yeah, yeah. That too. I'm, I'm, that too. I'm definitely a virile man who is passionate about the boobies and the voluptuous vaginas. Let's go back to my office and make the awkward finger motions together. (laughs) No, no. I'm saying that he's gay, Hannah. Yeah, I got it. Okay, just make sure (laughs) that joke didn't fly past you. (sighs) Yeah. And we go to the title cut. It seems here that Madison is a pretty famous young woman. She is, her name is Emmanuelle Vaugier. She's French. Sure, I'll take that. Anyway, she was like really, she was really huge in this time frame. Like the Smallvilles, the Charms, the Saw movies. She was getting that. And apparently the creeper, creepy stalker guy, ex-boyfriend we find out, is played by G. Patrick Curry, and he was in Smallville, the L World, and Battlestar Galactica. You know, I tried to watch Battlestar Galactica. I've been thinking about it. It has Lucy Lawless in it. I couldn't watch it. It was too depressing. Like, three episodes in, I just wanted to, like, it made me think, like, well, what's the what's the fucking point of it all? If this is where the world is going, why even bother? Cylons have got us. I might as well just quit now. <laughs> so maybe I won't give it a shot. Yeah, because Battlestar Galactica, Galactica is a real story, Hannah. Nuh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> so Sam goes undercover at the morgue, and the coroner pulls the body out of Mr. Boss body. Mr. Boss guy. Yeah. And Sam is asking these questions like, do you know what bit him? And she's like, well, I can't really say, but I can kind of say... That if I wasn't, you know, book smart. <laughs> no. 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 If I didn't have a brain. <laughs> if oh. I had been raised by wolves. <laughs> she says off the record, if she didn't know better, she'd say it was a wolf. But her report mm-hmm. will say it's Pitbull because she likes having her job. Mm-hmm. Sam asks if the heart was missing and the coroner is like, wow, are you like, Psychic? Because I haven't even put that in my report yet. And he's like, just look at guess. <sighs> I hate this scene. This whole scene is painful. <laughs> Do you know why, Hannah? Tell me why, Kendall. Well, one, we yet again see the boys just assuming that... And, and the world telling them that, yes, it's right, that you can just walk in to any establishment looking like a homeless person... And they'll say, oh, yeah, you're totally a detective. I believe this. Man, you're wearing the same clothes in that badge. It all makes sense. In my notes, I have detective in those clothes. (laughs) It's just like... All right, anyways. Like, nobody's gonna fucking buy that. Not in the real world. This whole show is fake. Um, And the second reason this whole thing irritates me is Sam can look at... A scale on an arm and know that it belongs to 
This (laughs) brown, small alligator species in the Everglades. And he's having to go to her and be like, so what do you think? I want to hear you, you know, doubt your sanity a little bit. Meanwhile, I definitely know what all... I already know everything, but I'm going to ask you, you know, so I can have some sense of superiority. (laughs) Like, God. I love you so much. And I love this show. (sighs) This poor lady. I do like that she drops in the word Lobo. There's so many words and references to dogs and wolves in this episode. I was tempted to to count them all. I didn't count either, but... I'm wishing I had. Mm. The the corner is played by Terrell Rothery, come and she comes back in episode uh, in season ten, episode sixteen, painted black as Olivet. Olivet. Don't remember it. I'm sure I will when we get there. Yeah, you'll you'll think back to this episode in particular. You be like, you remember that time? You remember that? Time? Remember the time I didn't remember this episode, and now I do. Man, good times. <laughs> good times. Good times. In the motel now, Dean is asking Sam if this is the first heartless body in town or one of many. <laughs> and Sam's like, no, it was the first man. He says that, you know, for the past year, it's been a lot of ladies going missing. Um, but this is the first male body. And, like, some of the bodies that went missing showed up later, like, all... They show up all decomposed in the river, like, weeks later. I just love how this implies... That they rolled into town, and they get a hotel, and Sam's like, oh, I'm going out for a while. All right, see you later. Comes back, so I've got a case. Oh? <laughs> like, Dean just, oh? Yeah, Dean just falls me down. Oh, so, all right, it didn't have a heart. Is this the first body without a heart in here? How come you didn't tell me about this case earlier? I wanted to surprise <laughs> you. I know how much surprise, you like. I got a case. <laughs> I know how much you love puppies. I didn't want to get your hopes up. So all these hearts are missing, and all the they were all—they were all hookers. They were all—they all went missing at Hunter's Point, and the cops are looking for a serial killer. But we know better. And Dean wants to know if it matches up with the lunar cycle, and Sam's like, "Yeah, it totally does. All the murders happened the week before the full moon." Ooh, what does this mean? Well, Dean says, "Isn't that this week?" And Sam's like, "Yeah, that's why the dead lawyer." Like, it's the start of this. And Dean lights up like Christmas. He is so happy. And Sam's like, uh, calm down. People <laughs> are you dead? you out a little much? Yeah, like, <laughs> people are dead? Why are you so excited? We could lose our hearts and, you know, not change at all. Dean says yeah, the werewolves are badass. So it's time to name. Name. Dad. That's Monster! Monster! Ah! Well, Hannah, you've guessed it. Vampires again. Jeez Louise. What? Vampires? (laughs) I thought we were doing werewolves. (laughs) Well, close. You're right. It's witches. Gotta talk about them witches again. Witches? I thought it was werewolves. (laughs) Okay. Well, Hannah, I'm a little confused because I went to go look up werewolves and then one of the first things the Pedia of the wikis tells me is 
that werewolves used to be part of witch trials. And okay, sudden, yeah, and suddenly I couldn't, I, I I couldn't just go look into the lunar cycles. I couldn't look into silver and its uses against werewolves. I couldn't just learn about lycanthropy. <laughs> no, I have to look into the werewolf trials. I mean, it, the, the title of the article: Werewolf Witch Trials. What? Wow. What? I'm excited. Tell me, tell me, tell me. All right. So, according to the pedias, the whole belief in witches kind of happened along the same time as werewolves. And the, the reading I did do into werewolves, it's like werewolves are much more pagan and witches are much more Christian. So you can kind of see mm-hmm. how they can happen parallel with each other, right? Now, right. Here's the shit I didn't know. And Wikipedia was like, and does everybody know? And I was like, no, fucker, I didn't know this. <laughs> Apparently, witch trials and werewolf trials both started in Switzerland. What? What? Like, we only have Salem because of Switzerland. Nice. I mean, the Swiss. The neutral Swiss were the ones who were like, yo, you like the Mark full witches. moon? Die. And here's the other interesting thing. The, the... The whole werewolf thing, it could be transforming into a wolf, or it could be riding a wolf, or it could just be, like, charming a wolf. Like, hey, you wolf over there, go bite that boy on the leg. He hurt my feelings. And you'd be like, werewolf, you control the wolves. You must die. All right. So just a very brief going into it. So kind of here's how it worked. Back in ye olden times in Europe, you had the rich people and you had the poor mm-hmm. people, right? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like today. Only in ye old times, the rich people were kind of like also the church. They had the land, they had the money, they had the power, they had the food. And yep. so it was all churchy kind of stuff. Well, all the poor people were kind of, I won't say like they were fuck church, but... It wasn't their world, right? And they were much more pagan. So they didn't believe in Satan. And they didn't believe in, like, witches and stuff. Because that was all Christian stuff. Like I said, witches were more of a Christian thing. Or at least evil witches were. I don't know how that plays into the history of Wiccanism and paganism. Anyhow. um, But you don't need to believe in Satan and witches in order to believe that there's malevolent forces out in the world, right? Right. So, Tamara down the road sees Sally, I don't know, being a hoe bag. And I was like, you know what? I bet she's doing some bad magic right now. I bet she is summoning wolves. And so she's going to go to, you know, whoever is the boss in town. Like, hey, Beth. Sally over there? She's a werewolf. Yeah. And then Beth, who is a Christian... Is gonna be like, oh, let me go talk to Sally. Sally, do you control the wolves? And Sally's gonna be like, yes, bitch, I control the wolves. That I met a black fairy out in the forest, and it gave me all the magic powers. And then Beth is gonna go to the church and be like, so she met with Satan, and now she can control wolves and turn into a wolf, which means she has magic, which means she's a witch. And so then they would would bring Sally Mm -hmm. into court and be like, Sally, are you a witch? And she's like, no. And like, Sally, are you a werewolf? And she's like, yeah. (laughs) And they would be like, 
cool, so, you know, witch. No, not a witch. I don't deal with any Satan. Uh, I'm sorry, did you or did you not meet with a black fairy in the woods? And she's like, well, yeah, but it's like a fairy, dude. Everybody meets with the fairies. And they're like, no, it's Satan. Burn her at the stake. And that that's kind of like how it went down. That's probably exactly how it went down. I mean, word for word, Hannah, I went to a historical documents. <laughs> there was one exception. Mm-hmm. This guy called Theus. Now, I love this. It took place in what is now modern-day Latvia. The year was 1692, right? People are Mm -hmm. still scared of the witches. They're still scared of the werewolves. Until one day, they bring in Theus, who confesses to being a werewolf. And I want you to imagine wrinkly, scrawny, bony, toothless, 80-year-old Theus, who says... I'm picturing it. Yeah, I'm a werewolf. And they're like, oh, so you're with Satan. And he says, no, me and my other fellow werewolves, we go to hell three times a year. And we fight the wizards. (laughs) And we fight the witches. We fight Satan. So that, that... When harvest time comes around, all you youngins have plenty of oats. And they were like, damn, that's brave of him. I mean, shit. I mean, we can't approve, we can't, you know, we can't condone the magic and the werewolf stuff, but ugh, he's fighting Satan. I mean, look at him. He's so shaky and tiny. He has to be telling the truth. All right. And so instead of killing him and saying, uh, you know, you need to die because you do magic. They were like, well, since you're fighting Satan, I guess we'll just spank you a couple times and you can go back to going to hell three times a year to fight Satan because, you know, we really like our oats. And that concludes... Name! Name! That! That! Monster! Monster! Ah! <laughs> that was as informative as you were hoping yes it was lovely thank you well you're welcome sam gets all sassy and it's like yeah and then we can go to disneyland after we gank this motherfucker oh boy oh (laughs) Oh boy here i go killing again let's go gank some monsters oh (laughs) dean's for real though and he says the best part is that they already know how to kill it silver bullet straight to the heart and sam's like first thing we gotta do is talk to the girl who found the body. I just love how Dean is like, we already know how to kill these fuckers. You know what that means? No more no research, research the rest of the episode. Yes. <laughs> Even when we don't know what's going on, we're going to say, fuck it. We know enough. <laughs> well, yeah. these two planes clothes detectives show up. At Madison's house to get, I don't even know what relevant information they want from her, because it wasn't like she was close to him. Go ask his wife. Go ask his children. Go ask his best friends. But whatever, they go ask her. And Dean introduces themselves as Detectives Landis and Dante. Landis being the director of An American Werewolf in London, and Dante being the director of The Howling. 
Ha ha. Ha ha. Hilarious. Ha ha. What a nerd, Dean. Yeah. He's a werewolf nerd. I love it. Madison is curious as to why she needs to go over these questions again, but not so curious as to question these people who do not look in any way in the form of detectives. And she's like, sure, let me talk to you, cops. First, let me get Glenn out of my house. Glenn, thank you for the casserole of love, but it's time for me to talk to the police again. And I don't get the point of Glenn this episode, except maybe as a red herring. But yeah, I do love that he just further validates the truth of this life, which is that casserole is love. <laughs> well, she invites them in and she tells them what little she knows. Her boss was nice, hit on girls like the animal he was. And you know how uh, men are. And Sam looks at his lecherous brother and is like, yes, I do know how the men do. And she's like, All right. and they're like, all right, well, did your boss have any enemies? And she was like, besides rabid dogs that go into office buildings? I mean, not really. And they're like, no, seriously, enemies. And she's like, well, I guess my ex-boyfriend, you got jealous of, you know, me having people in my life and decided to attack them. And they're like, cool, solid lead. Thanks. Talk to you later. And I love that as they're leaving the house and they're discussing, all right, so Kurt, and they're like, well, we, we looked into less. <laughs> We've had worse. I guess. Yep. I love all the in-depth research you're doing this episode. Beautiful, boys. Beautiful. <laughs> Good enough. Good enough. Yep. And inside, we see Madison. Is it later at night now? I think it's later uh, at night. Yeah, I think we cut to back at Tara's house later at night. And the ex-boyfriend, Kurt, is still standing there outside of her door, staring up at her. And she's not calling the police, saying, hey, my creepy ex is here stalking me again. She's just like, okay. I'll see you later, ex-boyfriend, and goes back inside. Her wolf senses let her know he was there. She could hear the dogs barking, and they were like, Hey, creep! Hey, you creep! Hey, you! <laughs> Go away! This is my house! <laughs> hey, boo-boo! Get away from my girl! That's my picketing basket! Well, interesting fact. Kurt in Turkish means wolf. Isn't that fun? So when you say, oh, you're being a little Kurt, aren't you? Actually saying you're being a little wolfish. Nice. Yeah. Um, who is Glenn? Oh, Glenn brought the casserole. (laughs) Glenn brought the casserole. See, yeah, no. I mean, he really isn't relevant, except he comes back in season five, episode five, Fallen Idols. Isn't that the Ganeshka episode where Gabriel Mm -hmm. dies? Yep. See, I do remember episodes, Hannah. (laughs) <laughs> sometimes I'm so proud of you thank you that's all I need in life is your pride so they go to Kurt's apartment and check things out Sam's looking at photo and Dean checks the fridge but there's nothing in the fridge because why would there- it's only a house where people live why would there be fridge and a food <laughs> I'm not gonna correct anything I say this episode I don't care and Sam says to you check should the freezer go with it. there's a there's a like there's While a kitchen. While they're talking over leftovers, we get this shot of someone or something watching them from the balcony, 
And Sam's like, you should check the freezer for hearts. I don't know why I gave him that voice. <laughs> you should check the freezer for hearts. Yeah. They hear something outside, so Dean goes out on the balcony, only finding scratches, and he calls Sam. He's like, hey, Sam. Hey, Sam. Hey, Sammy. Come check this out. Hey, Sammy. And they both see the scratches. Check out this out, boo-boo. Like, see this? <laughs> see these scratches? <laughs> these are some picnic bear scratches. And then they <laughs> proceed to not look outside of the apartment for the wolf. Mm-mm. They're just like, oh, what that's interesting. What they should have done next. Yeah, what they should have done next was go outside and scan the area. Yeah. They were like, oh, that's interesting. Means absolutely nothing to our case right now. <laughs> if they had, they would have seen the cop walking around who goes up to a noise he heard in the garbage cans and he gets attacked. And we don't see it, but what we hear is growling and it attacks him. So we're initially we're initially supposed to assume that Kurt is the one that killed the police officer, but then later mm-hmm. they make this wild leap and say, oh, maybe you were the one that killed the police officer. Like, there weren't three werewolves at this time out on the prowl, right? Because Kurt mm-hmm. was definitely a werewolf, right? Or no? Not as far as I know. Oh, was Kurt never a werewolf? Nope, just a creep. Just that good at being a creep. All right. All right, yeah, I guess it was Maddie. Shit, I was like, why are they fucking assuming it's Maddie? Like, <laughs> but you're right, I'm assuming oh, I'll, Gar- I'll Kurt get was a it. werewolf. All right, all right. Continue. His gun goes off in his altercation with whomever the wolf was. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. And so the boys run to the alley and find his body and don't do anything about it. Well, he's already dead, dead. And what's dead, dead should stay, stay dead. dead, Hannah. Yeah. Sam says he'll call 911, and Dean's looking at the bodies, saying something about Cujo. I don't know. They make so many wolf <laughs> dog references. It's It would yep. be cute if it were cute, I guess. <sighs> so I go back to Maggie's place, but Glenn opens up his apartment door first, and Dean's like, it's police business. Yeah, why the fuck you opening the door? Never in my human life has somebody knocked on my neighbor's door, whether they lived one door down or a whole block down. Have I heard someone knock on my neighbor's door and I stick my head out like, Mm-mm. Hey, what you doing? Hey, boo-boo. Mm-mm. What's going on over there? Those are my picnic girls. Glenn was a creep. A creep with casserole, which is just an infuriating oxymoron. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Madison opens up her door, and and Sam says they should talk privately. So she's giving him coffee, and they ask if Kurt's been there, and she's like, well, he was kind of here, but he kind of wasn't. And Dean's like, well, what the fuck does that mean, Karen? (sighs) Madison. (laughs) Fuck, Karen. (laughs) What the fuck are you doing with your life? Why are you just letting this asshole stalk you, Karen? God. (laughs) She says that he just, like, showed up and, like, looked at her through the window and then disappeared. And to get her out of the room so they can talk more privately, um, Dean says, can you, like, go get the address of where this guy works so we can get him? Yeah. So she leaves the room. They get into this, not really argument, but they kind of go back and forth about who should stay with her. And so they rock, paper, scissors. Dean throws scissors. Sam's like, man, always with the scissors. <laughs> Dean's like, best two out of three. 
And so they do it again. And of course, Dean throws scissors again. So Sam's like, bundle up out there. You know what I realized about this scene? Hmm. One, Dean is not the one who always gets to stay behind with girls. True. It's usually Sam. And we've talked about this before. It's always Sam that stays behind with the girls. Right? Mm-hmm. But this particular instance, Sam is the one to, like, push for it. Right? Yeah. Dean sees this. Mm-hmm. What does Dean want for his baby brother more than anything? For Sam to be happy. Man, I was really hoping you were to say, like, to get laid or some shit. Oh. But <laughs> he does want him to move on from... Yes, yes, he wants Sam to get laid, so you're saying that he threw the game. Yes! I like this. He definitely threw that game. You don't get called out for doing scissors and immediately throw scissors. Aww, that's a good point. Yeah, especially when you never get to stay behind with a girl. Yeah. I mean, he can see how thirsty Sam is this whole time. Even if we can't see how thirsty Sam is, Dean knows. Oh, yeah. Dean has changed the diapers on that boy way too much. That no. A thirsty boy when he sees one. Well, Sam is staying behind because he wants to mack on this lady and he's doing fuck all with it. Just sitting awkwardly at the table like he has never talked to a woman before in his life. <laughs> and she's like, how about you sit on the couch? It's far more comfortable. And he's like, uh, no, ma'am, I'm on police business and... It's like rule number one, you have to be uncomfortable and awkward and not hit on the women you're attracted to. Yes, ma'am, that's what we do. (laughs) And she's like, cool, you're cute. I love it when they get all super awkward around me. (laughs) Like my boss and like Glenn and now Sam. Oh, it's the best. Let me fold my underwear in front of you. Make you even more awkward and uncomfortable because, ooh, it just gets my juices flowing. Stop it. And the underwear is a little too forward and hot and heavy for Sam, so he runs away to the couch. He's like, actually, no, police really love couches. Police sit on couches. It's it's why they get fat, I think. Um, so I need to work on my, my, my police gut, and I'm going to go sit on couch. And so that's all fun. And by this point, he gets a call from Dean, and Dean's like, so you did the awkward police officers need hard, uncomfortable chairs, right? And Sam's like, shut up. It's my one bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's all I got, man. <laughs> it's all, it's I, all got. I got right now. And Dean's like, just, just talk about the case. Distract me away from my boner. And Dean's like, well, no problem. I am an amazing detective who doesn't need only hard, uncomfortable chairs to sit in. And I've got a lead on where to go. So you keep being awkward and I'll keep being awesome. And as soon as he hangs up, Madison comes over and she's like, I'm bored with folding and now I want to watch trash TV. And you have to suck up a deal and not judge me. And by the time the show's over, Sam's like, I can't judge you. Trash TV is amazing. What was I ever thinking with my life watching documentaries? Documentaries are bullshit. Let me learn about Kindle and her schemes to get rich. God, what a bitch for wanting to be rich. I have no idea the show they were talking about. All I know was somebody named Kindle. And I was like, get it, girl. Use that man for his money. In the subtitles, her name wasn't even spelled like yours. And that aggravated me. Well, yeah, because my name is spelled unusually. 
Yeah. I'm a one of a kind. And by one of a kind, I mean like one in like 5,000. Anyways, this great TV talk is great bonding time. And he's like, hey, perfect segue for me to watch, ask some probing questions. You know, like the detective. Can I ask you a question? Can I get really personal with you really it's, quick? It's a little Yeah, just personal. really quick. It's not like I'm protecting you from your dangerous ex-boyfriend right now. A service you totally did not ask for. And she's like, haha, well, you already saw all my panties. <laughs> Can't get more personal than that. Underwear collection. Like, it's a hobby of hers. She has underwear from, like, all over the world. Oh, now I feel really uncool for not having an underwear collection. Right? She had so many. And they were all really nice. Really nice. <sighs> Wonder if they were comfortable. Doubt it. Most of them were thongs. Mm, I don't find those comfortable. That's just a walking wedgie. Yeah. Anyways, so Sam's probing question is, so how come you're so awesome? Why are you with that dick? Or why were you with that dick? And I really like her answer here about kind of what it's like to find yourself in abusive relationships. Where mm -hmm. it's like, it, like she says, it's not like he walked up and said, hi, I like to punch people who go out with me, you know? Yeah. Um, and then kind of how once you're in that relationship, it's really hard to see your way out of it because it is all very subtle and manipulative. Yep. Anyways, her whole life changed when she got mugged and it was a big wake up call. Like, shit, I could die tomorrow. What am I doing wasting my time with this clown? And so she went on to change her life. And by change her life, I guess she just means break up with boyfriend and improve her underwear collection. And Sam is really, like, falling in love with her. And then he does the shitty move that I always hate in movies and songs and TV and all that. When they're like, you know what? You're unusual for a person. Man, I just don't meet women like you. All the other women I meet are like dumb bimbos who don't do anything. Never mind that I was almost married to an amazing, smart, wonderful, beautiful woman who was going to Stanford. Yeah, you're just, you're weird because you're impressive. And she's like, yeah. aw, shucks. Tell me more about, you know, how weird, how I'm not like the other girls. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Anyways, in this point... Dean calls, and he's like, cool, update, stalking the boyfriend, we're at a strip club together, it's great bonding, I'm sure you're bonding too, talk to you later, bye. And, yeah, we see a woman dancing, and Dean having, you know, the lecherous, happy time of his life. Which, I can't blame him, I love the strip club. <laughs> I finally went to one the night before I moved. Oh, really? Yeah. And? Uh, I was terrified and in love. <laughs> yes <laughs> that is exactly the feeling you should have at a strip club <laughs> terrified and in love <laughs> you're so gorgeous and I feel bad like I shouldn't stare at you but you're so gorgeous I just want to look at you and oh my god you're so beautiful and uh <laughs> yeah I was just blushing and smiling the whole time mhm mm mhm mm um Okay. And at this point, Madison's like, well, that phone call ruined the mood. Guess I'm gonna go to bed now. Adios, muchacho. And Sam again goes back to awkward detective. He's like, I'm gonna sit on hard chairs and you hear sound? Me call night. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. 
So Dean's outside Kurt's apartment, and he's bored. He's, like, checking his gun and counting his bullets or something. When he hears, <laughs> checking his gun, counting his dick. <laughs> one. When he hears, Kurt's like, like last shatter upstairs, and he, <laughs> he runs up. And what he finds is Madison over Kurt's dead body. She's a chomper, not a slurper. <laughs> so she attacks Dean and sends him flying into the wall. And she comes in for the kill, but he nicks her with a silver knife and she runs away. Somehow knocking him out cold in the process. Which, yeah. both times I watched that, I did not get it. Mm-mm. <sighs> When Dean wakes up, he calls Sam, who's just getting himself a glass of water. And he's like, Madison, it's Madison. She knocked me out. And Sam's like, what the fuck? I've been here the whole time. She's in bed asleep. And Dean's like, well, you better check her arm because I nicked her with this silver. And was like, way to fucking keep an eye on her. You have fucking one job to do, Mr. Heart Seat Police Officer. And you couldn't even sit on your fucking heart seat and keep an eye on her. Where'd it go? What My head hurts. I have a concussion. <laughs> He might, he does. <laughs> he might, he might. So Sam peeks in on Madison and sees that she does have, you know, a little nick on her arm. She's like, oh, good morning. Where are my clothes? What did you do? Oh, is this, is this an going? ambush? Oh, Sam. You mean, I should be terrified of you taking my clothes off in the middle of the night. But, is that a kinky thing? I mean, I have a stalker. It's kind of my thing. <laughs> <laughs> And Sam locks the front door and says that he's not going anywhere, and neither is she. It's later, and Sam has her tied up, and she's crying really. and calling him psychotic that monsters don't exist. Which I love that. Like, she's like, okay, monsters. Not monsters, really. Okay, yes, there it's are horrible, horrible head. people out there who are monsters. But, like, if we're talking, you know, mythological, <laughs> there's a difference. You know there's a difference, right, Sam? I mean, I, we were having fun role-playing earlier, I thought, but maybe you're taking this a little too far. A little too far. A little too far. And he's like, cut the act, and she's like, I'm not acting. And that that part really got me. I don't know why. I don't know why, but that part really got me. Because she's a great actress, um, that's why. Yes. Um, Dean knocks at the door, so Sam goes and lets him in, and Dean's like, my head feels wonderful, and thank you for that. See, that's the concussion talking. <laughs> yeah. He's like, man, I have been on cloud nine all morning. Thank you. So Sam and Dean go and talk in the kitchen, and Dean's like, well, you know what we gotta do. And Sam's like, no, she doesn't know that she's a werewolf. And Dean's like, well, what does it matter? And that she's probably lying about not knowing. And Sam's like, no, I don't think so. She can't be that good of an actress. Dean says that... Killing her boss and Kurt weren't, you know, animalistic decisions. They were personal. But Sam isn't sure. I do kind of love that becoming a werewolf led Madison to leading her best life. Yes. Which made me think of Garth becoming a werewolf and, like, finding a family. And the werewolf kids became werewolves and they were like, you know, we have superpowers now. This is awesome. And... Like, a lot of people whose lives have been changed for the better for becoming werewolves. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should all become werewolves. Find the werewolf in all of us. <sighs> Sam thinks that the animal part of her brain saw those guys as threats and the cop too, which I argue 
Dean says it doesn't matter because she's killing people, but Sam doesn't want to put a bullet in someone he has, who has no idea what's happening. Actually, he doesn't want to put a bullet in somebody he's starting to fall in love with. That's the truth. Makes me really mad here, though. This was the moment when I realized they keep referring to Madison as a girl. And yeah, it's I caught really, that, too. Yeah, mm. it's really gross that when she is a badass get, bitch. Yeah, it's just really gross that when you are attracted to a person, attracted to a woman, you suddenly want to refer to her as a girl. But when she is a non-sexual interest of yours, you want to call her a woman? Yeah, it's fucked up. Super fucked up. And they refer to her as a girl this whole episode when she's clearly a grown-ass woman. Mm -hmm. (laughs) At least 21 in a bar with her cocktails. At least... Well, no, I'm pretty sure... Does Dean call her a chick this episode? I don't think so. I was gonna say, at least Dean didn't call her a chick. Yeah. She was a classy chick. Jeez. Um, I feel bad, too. She's a classy chick, man, but, you know, she's a werewolf. Got a ganker. Dean doesn't want Sam feeling sorry for a monster, but Sam says that he understands her and that there might be another way. Sam pulls out John's journal and says that there's a theory in there that if you kill the werewolf that bit you, you'll sever the bloodline. Dean thinks it'll be impossible to find the one that killed her, but Sam isn't so sure. He then goes and asks Madison when she was mugged, and she was like, it was about a month ago, and she didn't see the guy. He got her from behind. (laughs) Shut up. Shut up. Sam asks... (laughs) Sam asks if he bit bitter, and she's like, yeah, how'd you know? Are you psychic? No, maybe because he he accused you of being a fucking werewolf, Madison. Yeah. And what do werewolves do? <laughs> he thinks you're a werewolf, so ergo, he thinks you were bitten. Like, did he bite you? Uh, yeah. So what of it? <laughs> yeah, what of it? It's obviously why you stalked me down and chose me as your werewolf vic- victim, you psycho. <sighs> I love this episode, Hannah, but the more I watch it, the more I hated it. (laughs) You hush your mouth. You hush your mouth. (laughs) Hush your mouth. Alright, so Sam checks her neck, and sure enough, there's a bite, a scar, which I would think that werewolves would have particularly good healing, but maybe not in this world. yeah. (laughs) They find out that she was near Hunter's Point, where all the other murders are happening. Back in the kitchen. Sam says it's a werewolf hunting grounds. And Dean says, yeah, but we don't know it. It'll be there. And Sam's like, well, duh, the lunar cycle is going to keep happening. (laughs) You know, Dean, the whole reason we're fucking here. (laughs) Yeah. And Dean says they can't leave her alone. And Sam says he'll stay and shoot her if he has to. But for Dean to please try and look for the other werewolf. Like, please? We have to find another way. There's gotta be another way. Dean's like, fine. There's got to be another way. And he heads out. Well, we're gonna stick around with Sam and Madison for a little longer. And Madison is just crying. Very realistically. Mm-hmm. Because she's tied to a chair. And they're threatening to kill her for this magical thing. That is totally not real like San Francisco. Because San Francisco also is not real. And Sam tries to soft voice her. 
in like the weirdest creepy way and he he soft voices her in a way that i believe madison more than i believe sam i'm like i know you're scared who is this creepo who is trying to convince this woman that werewolves are real that there's no way in hell you're gonna believe me but i'm doing this because i'm trying to help yeah anyways he promises her that when this is all over He'll walk away, and she'll never have to see him again, and he'll just be a bad memory, and he's really sad, because he's like, man, I really wanted to get my dick wet. No, I took the scene differently, like, knowing she has no control, this is killing him, because he's equating it to the darkness that he believes is inside of him. Yeah, but then again, I've got theories about that. (laughs) We'll get to um, it. We'll get to it. All right. Well, back out in Hunter's Point, Dean, no, we don't even see Dean yet. We see a woman walking down the alley. She is cold. And we hear the werewolf chasing her. Werewolf, 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 catch her. Um, the werewolf catches up to her. About the same time that the moon is high and Madison starts transforming, and by transforming, I mean her manicure gets a little rough looking and she grows some teeth. So I don't know why they call them werewolves because it's not particularly wolfish, but whatever. And he draws his gun, but instead of shooting her, he lets her like, he does a little fake out like, oh, you're going to catch me. And I duck out of the way. Oops, you're in the closet. Close the door. And he holds the door shut with a lamp. And that is the strongest lamp in the world as he takes the time to go find a whole chest of drawers to shove in front of the closet door. (laughs) And Hannah, did you know that werewolves are weak against the lamps and chest of drawers? Oh, I know that now. (laughs) Yep. Well, back with the woman in the alley, who I guess we're supposed to assume is a streetwalker, she gets tackled, her nails drag against the ground in a way that Ah, oh, hurt me. Yeah. And she's almost going to die when we get the trademark, Hey! Hey! Look at me when I shoot you! From Dean Winchester. And Dean shoots him. Oh shit, that was Glenn? That was Glenn, Hannah? Huh? Hold on. I have hmm. seen this episode like four times. I never realized that was Glenn. <laughs> yeah, that's Glenn. That was Glenn? That was the whole point of Glenn? Yep. This whole time I was like, why the fuck are they making a big deal of... I mean, these casseroles are great, but why the fuck are they... They keep... No wonder he didn't kill Madison. He didn't want to kill his neighbor. <sighs> yeah. All right. Anyways, now the pieces all come together, and Dean has killed Glenn, and poor Glenn untransforms... And it's like, oh no, it happened again. What's wrong? What's what's going on? And Dean has some humanity. And it's like, it's okay. It's okay, Fido. <laughs> Just close your eyes. It's all going to be okay. So yeah, so obviously he didn't have memory of what was going on either. So, <sighs> alright. Well, in the morning, Madison wakes up. And the door opens, because I guess Sam's spidey senses tingled. He was like, oh, she's awake now. And he's like, all right, like I promised, you'll never see me again. 
and she wakes, she looks up and around the closet, and it's covered in scratches, and she's like, did I, Can I do, do that? that? <laughs> and maybe there's some truth to all this bonkersness after all. Well, out in the car, outside of Madison's house, Dean is letting him know about what happened to Glenn, and they're like, man... What's with these werewolves not knowing that they're werewolves? What's with he these werewolves only killing, killing sometimes Glenn. and transforming other times? I know, this is the second time, we or third time, we see Dean sympathizing with a monster. Mm-hmm. It's like, finally, Dean, get your act together. But they have all these questions. Do they call anybody? Mm-mm. No. Do they break out any books? Mm-mm. No. They just go... Well, guess we'll never know. We have all the answers we need. And Sam's all, like, butthurt because Madison doesn't want to be his friend anymore. When who should knock on the window but Madison? She's like, you guys are the worst stalkers ever. And I had Kurt. Um, and she's like, all right, well, if you guys are going to be stalking me to make sure that I still don't transform, you might as well at least come in my house. And they're like, cool. And they go inside. And she's like, so I guess it's all real after all. And they're like, yeah, dude. (laughs) Lots of things go bump in the night. And maybe you have to die. Poker? Poker, I barely know her. (laughs) And so time passes in the apartment. And Dean, like, not so subtly, gets his knife out and ready. It's like, oh, no, no, you guys just keep bonding. Whatever. I'm just, you know, stretching my gun. (laughs) Finally, the sun comes up. Uh... And Madison asks if it's really over. And Sam says he thinks so. So she hugs him and says, thank you very much. Dean, Uh, I'm here, too. Um, so that she'll That's thank him. That's all Dean wants. He just wants to be appreciated. He was so sad when the lady in the alley ran away without thanking him, even though he's a terrifying man with a gun who just shoots people. <laughs> and, and he fell back like, for I just killing want Glenn. Thanks. That was after she didn't thank him. Yeah. The primary feeling was butthurt over not getting his due praise. He's like, Daddy never praised me, so you at least should. So, Dean kind of picks up the vibes that are going down between Madison and Sam, and he says he's going to go back to the hotel and watch some pay-per-view or something. And he, like, fist bumps in the air as he walks out. Yes, yes, he's cute, Hannah. Madison was like, yeah, that was real smooth. And Sam says, well, he means well. And she's like, you mean he thinks you're going to get laid? And then Sam gets all serious, and he's like, I know things can't go back to the way they were before. You know, it's just completely impossible. You know, there's no way. She's like, yeah, you're right. You would ever want to suck my dick. (laughs) She's like, yeah, you're right. And then she kisses him anyway. Look at you by dust. Plays as they get down to business. And I'm not going to describe it. Except, I mean, I will say this. I will say this. Sam is more dominant in bed, and Dean is more submissive. That's all I'll say about that. Yes, Dean is submissive and soft, and Sam is dominant and a little violent. A little bit. He's got teeth in there. It's like, oh, ow. His teeth. Ow. Um, 
I didn't feel any chemistry here. I was I was expecting to be like, yeah, get it, Madison, and instead I was just like, Sam Winchester gets better at kissing. I, I fully expected to be on. like, yeah. It's not even his kissing skills. It was like their eye contact and lip contact. I don't know. I'm excited to see him and Ruby, 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 and see like real chemistry. You know? Yeah. All right. So they sleep all they day. Real. Because they wore themselves out. And when the moon is high... They sleep, wink, wink. (laughs) They boink, boink. Stop that. And when the moon is high once again, Sam wakes to her all wolf the fuck out. She jumps out the window and... Instead of calling Dean, Sam runs. He runs all the way to the motel and just starts banging on Dean's door. That's a very good point, and the only explanation I could think of is Sam realized that he had been doing nothing but having sex all day, and he must reek, and he was like, I need to at least rinse off first, have a breather, think this through, how can I phrase this to my brother, where one, he doesn't smell the sex on me, and two, doesn't just immediately want to kill Madison. Because, so what if she kills a couple people? You know, I go, what, 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 what's a couple people? A couple just people. a couple hearts. <laughs> She's probably going to go after a grandma. You know, grandma's had her time. Wolves love grandmas, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Sam tells Dean that she wolfed out and got away before he could grab her. And Dean says, we'll find her. And Sam tells him that he already called Bobby, which, thank Christ, they're calling somebody. And finally, the, the only thing Bobby knew was that severing the bloodline wouldn't work. Um, that everyone says it's impossible. Bunker. <laughs> Bunker. <laughs> they know so many more things now. Like Madison could have been fine. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, no, I have I have theories. I have theories. But go on. But Sam wants to keep looking so they can save her because there's got to be a way. And Dean says he doesn't see any other way. He's sorry because she's a sweet girl. Mm. But part of her is, and Sam finishes his sentence with evil. And Dean's like, yeah. But Sam says that people say that about him, and Dean's not going to kill him. I mean, Sam has a good point, point, but he's not going around killing people in his sleep when he's not possessed. I mean, not right now. (laughs) Yeah. Give it a couple seasons. (laughs) Um, then Madison calls and Sam's like, where are you? But she doesn't know and he asks for a road sign and she says middle point. So he tells her they're on their way. Is that her, his plaid shirt she's wearing? Yes, it is. Okay. Because this is the point where I, re- I realized that when we first see her post wolfing out, she had taken off all of her clothes. And I was just wondering if she had ran out of there naked. With, like, like her wolf instinct is just to strip. And <laughs> she just kind of came to in the middle of the street, buck naked. <laughs> and took clothes off of a random passerby. Like, <laughs> stupid, I know. <laughs> Alright. Well, back at her place, she once again doesn't remember anything. So convenient. She's like, but I must have killed somebody, right? And they're like, there's no way to know. I'm like... They rip people's hearts out. (laughs) 
That's a bloody business. There's got to be some way to know. Yeah, just give it like 24 hours. Somebody will turn up. Give it 24 hours or check under her nails. Look in her mouth. Like, check her shirt. Is there blood anywhere? Because, <sighs> anyways. And she's like, is there anything else we can try? And he's like, and Sam's like, yeah, yeah, we got this. We're going to look. We're not going to give up. And Dean's like, all right, no, I'm not going to lie to you. We've scoured literally every source. And by that, I mean we read the journal, we talked to Bobby, and we looked at our five books in the trunk. There's literally no way. And Dean's like, damn, he's right. And then she turns to Sam with her doe eyes, and she's like, I know you tried everything, Sam. I know you. But I can't... Uh, I just can't live with the thought that I might kill you, my one true love that I've known 48 hours. Well, like, what she says is similar to what Not Sam was saying to Dean. You know, I don't want to hurt anyone. I don't want to hurt you. It Again, with the Wincest. It's like, <laughs> it's right there. It's right there. Um... And again, I don't understand the reason why she invited these people into her house or why she called them when she woke up someplace strange when she knows they want to kill her. Like, where's her survival instinct? Where was her survival instinct when her boss was hitting on her? Where was her survival instinct when she had a stalker wanted by the police and she never reported him? Where was her, where was her survival instinct when Glenn, like, opened his door every time someone knocked at hers? Where was her survival instinct when two people dressed like regular people showed up claiming to be detectives? Yeah, that's it. Stupid you falling for the stupid I'm a cop trip. Trick. <sighs> wow, tell us how Anyways, you really she's ready to die, and she wants Sam to do it. And they have, like, a heart-to-heart, and they're at an impasse when Dean comes up behind her and takes the gun away, and she doesn't even flinch. Like, he could have shot her right then and there, and she would have been chill with it. <sighs> no survival instinct. Anyways, Dean and Sam walk off for their final little powwow of the episode. And Sam's crying and Dean's like, this completely sucks. I can't even understand how you're feeling right now. Having to lose one girlfriend and now two. Mm-hmm. And and Dean's like, all right, I can do this one. I, I can do this for you. It's infinitely easier for Dean. And Sam's like, no, she asked one thing. And it was for me to do it, and I'm going to do right by her. He walks off into the other room, down the hallway. He looks back at Dean one more time with the most heartbroken face. Yeah. Walks into the room where Madison is, and then as the music stops, we hear the gun shot. And Dean has the decency to flinch as a single tear drops down his face, and the episode ends. Jared Padalecki was thinking of one of his dogs that passed away to create tears for this scene. And that just breaks my heart. All right, well, that takes away from the moment for me. (laughs) I mean, you could have at least thought of your grandmother dying or something. Your grandmother that was eaten by a wolf. Maybe his grandparents are alive and well. You don't know. Dean's? Sam. I mean, Jared. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah... Yes, Kendall. I have a lot to talk about in this episode that I we haven't know. even like haven't even touched on. Mostly because I didn't take notes. I'm going no notes this recording. <laughs> so let's get into some of them dank themes. When you're surrounded by darkness. Open your
your eyes. Look around you. I had a theme of John's journal. Yup. It was one of the three resources they finally thought to use in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We almost see the journal, like, we see, like, the corner of it mm-hmm. <laughs> in one shot. It was basically all there. Basically. Um, I had the theme of Monster Sam. Nice. The the growing case for the Pumpkin King Sam Winchester. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I had a theme I, of... Sorry. I don't know. I was like... And, we were, and you were very right. Like, he had a great point about... You know, you're willing to take out Madison because of her potential to be a monster, but you're not going to treat me that same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. Very good. What else? I had a theme of lockpick. <gasps> I missed the lockpick? To get into Kurt's apartment. They showed the lockpick? Oh, man. That's how you know how tired I am. I missed the lockpick. All right. Um... I had the theme of Dean coming around to the gray side of monsters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he felt bad but, about killing Glenn. He did. He felt bad about Glenn. He felt bad about Madison more because of Sam mm-hmm. and the pain it was causing Sam than the other way around. But still, we've seen Dean now become a little sympathetic towards werewolves, towards ghosts. What's the third one where there was like a mm. fine, fine? Don't work with me on this. <laughs> All right, but Dean's slowly coming around to the gray side of mon- monsters. We definitely have the ghost. We definitely have the werewolf, and maybe we'll have others in the future. Mm-hmm. I had a theme of alcohol. Yes, so much alcohol this episode. And by so much, I mean us talking at the beginning of the episode. (laughs) Um, Reverse monsterism. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Reverse monsterism is definitely a theme. I had a theme of coffee. Yeah, she was making coffee at the beginning. You're right. Well, she was making coffee at the beginning, and she gave them both a cup of coffee just before rock, paper, scissors. Oh, that's right. Um, But... How many more themes do you have? Because I want to get back to one additional thing. I have six more themes. All right, we'll go through them real fast. Okay, breaking and enter. Sassy Sam, when he Mm -hmm. was like, and then we can go to Disneyland. Uh, Rock, paper, scissors. Gank. Uh This is our first gank, I think. Um, There's got to be a way. It is our first gank. And and good monster. And a good monster. Yeah. I think the only theme I had was bad costumes. <laughs> <laughs> a lack of costumes as a theme. Um, but I just want to talk about the reverse monsterism real quick. Because we do know in the future that it's a thing. Maybe not so much with werewolves. But it's definitely a theme. Right? Right. And we definitely see in the future that werewolves don't have to be evil. Can live with it, yeah. Can live with it. And find a way. I don't. I don't remember exactly um, what Garth does, but I think maybe it's livestock. I don't know. Oh, that was the other one, Hannah. The third monster that Dean kind of comes to terms with is the vampires. Yeah, they let the vampires live. Yeah. Um. So vampires, werewolves, and ghosts. He's met good ones now. Um. 
But this really made me think, because we saw that Madison was able to control her transformation. She went a whole night and was focused on not transforming and didn't, didn't transform. It was when she lost her focus. During unconsciousness, yeah. That she transformed. Mm-hmm. And it and Dean at one point says, well, maybe she, like, whenever she naps, she transforms. Which is bullshit because we saw her transform when she was completely awake. Right? So it's not sleeping. It's not paying attention and trying, not trying to control it. So we see that she is able to control it. She maybe may have fallen done asleep in that chair. Research. N- no. Mm. Maybe, but no. But if they had done, like, an iota of research, I think they would have found that this was something that she didn't have to die from. Mm-hmm. And it really made me think, in the future when Sam meets werewolves that are in control, how much he thinks back to this. Yes. You know One of does. the hardest things he's ever done in his life. And then two, when he thinks back, does he wonder what would his life have been like if he, if he had her. trusted Madison more? No, not even trying to save her, just trusted her. Trusted that she was strong enough. Mm-hmm. What And then from there, what would his life have been like if he had trusted Jess? Yeah. If he had trusted Jess with any of his secrets, what would their lives have been like? And I'm just saying, if Sam feels guilty, there's very good reasons for that. Because <laughs> two women, not girls, two women are dead. And in more than one way, it kind of, not going to say it's his fault, but I'm saying he's culpable. If he, I'm saying if he had trusted, they might not be. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Listen to Dean less, trust your gut more, <laughs> is what I'm saying. But anyways, it's not a hate. It was just a thought, and I didn't want to interrupt the flow earlier, so. But yeah, let's go into our loves and our hates. Look around you. It's a beautiful life. Tell me what you hated, Anna. I hated that the cop didn't fit pattern. Like, I don't think the cop... Like, was it meant to make Kurt seem more guilty? Like, I didn't think... Mm-hmm. I didn't think he had anything to do with it. Like, I didn't... Like, I understand her killing uh, Nate and killing Kurt. I understand those. But... There was no reason to kill the cop. Yeah, he was a red herring, kind of like I thought Glenn was a red herring. (laughs) Fuck, I can't believe I didn't know it was Glenn after watching this episode a thousand times. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and, and that's why I was so convinced for a long time that Kurt was actually a werewolf, because why else would that cop be dead? But... I mean, I guess Madison's just a cop hater. Maybe. So, maybe. I mean, she did work for a lawyer. True. I mean, all right, there's your connection. Tell me what you hated. I hate it when they go out of their way to establish some fucking lore and then don't explain the fucking lore. Do go on. Like, the whole hearts thing, right? They made a big deal about hearts. The whole episode's called Heart. Mm Mm-hmm. In the future, we don't see werewolves being, like, obsessed with hearts. They just like to eat meat, right? I mean, like, hearts are great, but they'll eat the rest of them, too. And so that, like, doesn't really matter. In the future, like you said, they're great at healing, but they didn't establish any of that here. 
And what's with this whole memory loss deal? Uh, if you're going to establish memory loss for werewolves, because they said the last time they saw a werewolf, they were kids. So, of course, they're not going to have perfect memory. And maybe that werewolf when they were a kid also was just a werewolf when it was transformed and had no idea what was going on when it was awake or human, mm-hmm. you know? But I want to say this is the only time we see a werewolf that has no recollection of being a fucking werewolf? Despite like, what you why hated. Put it there. Despite what huh? you hated, can I tell you what I love? By the way, my theory is that this was an experiment by the alphas. That's a good theory. That's my that's my theory. And that the reason why they couldn't remember and their transformations were all weird and they were obsessed with hearts or I don't, I don't know. It was all alpha tampering with the bloodline or whatever to try and I don't know creating more senselessly breeding. I don't know what it could have been, what they were testing, but it was an alpha test. I like this theory. Tell me what you loved. Despite what you hated, I loved our monster. Killing the sleazy boss and the stalker boyfriend, even hiding the truth from waking Madison by getting rid of the evidence. So badass. So badass. So you're saying that werewolf Madison was hiding the truth from human Madison? That's what I'm saying. That's why she woke so up naked. So less Hulk and more Jekyll and Hyde? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because, like, like she killed two people and had no clue about it. So. No blood. No Her blood. Her clothes just went missing, and she's like, yeah. huh, that's weird. Weird that my clothes went missing, but all right, at least I don't have bloody <laughs> clothes everywhere. So what did you love? This was tough to decide. <laughs> that bad, huh? I mean, I wasn't, I was expecting to just be like, oh my gosh, this is like a near perfect episode. But I, I found so much to not enjoy about it. <laughs> it happens. Um, it happens. And here's what I can say that I love about it. As much as I bitch about the werewolfiness and as much as I bitch about how Madison behaves so irrationally this episode, there's almost a sense to it. Like... She becomes a werewolf, and her entire behavior changes. We never got to see the Madison before, before. the transformation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the way she is in these very dangerous situations, like, her boss, that's a terrible situation. And even though her wolf takes care of it in her human form, she doesn't give two fucks. She has a creepy neighbor who is clearly overstepping his bounds. Mm-hmm. Doesn't give two fucks. Has a stalker who is wanted by the police and she could just call 911 and say, yo, he's at my house, come arrest him. Eh, she's like, whatever. Like, she might be a little spooked, but deep down, she's not scared. Two men who clearly are not detectives come into her house asking questions and she feels completely relaxed. And I love that the unspoken reason for all of this is because inside, she almost innately knows that she's a big, tough werewolf who doesn't need to be afraid Mm -hmm. of all these threatening forces in her life yeah yeah so a very i don't know if anachronistic is the word but the things that you hate in this episode you could almost on the flip enjoy in some aspects Mm -hmm. and i like the idea of her as jekyll and hyde i love the idea of this all being an alpha experiment 
And I just wish they had shown the boys doing any research and discovering any of this interesting plot line that is not explored at all <laughs> in the episode that is clearly there, clearly. unlike San Francisco. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> all right. Well, Hannah, I'm ready to be angry about next episode. <laughs> Can you tell me what's coming up next time on Sisters Talk Brothers? Next time on Sisters Talk Brothers, we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 18, Hollywood Babylon. The Winchesters go undercover as production assistants on a haunted movie set after getting wind of reports of tag-teaming ghosts. The brothers deal with an asinine studio executive out to make cheap marketing stunts, a disenfranchised screenwriter seeking revenge for unnecessary revisions to a formerly great script, and Dean's fanboyish feelings for the leading lady. This synopsis was brought to us by Durful85 on imdb.com. Thank you, Durful. Thank you, IMDb. Damn, Durful, back at it again with a great summary. <laughs> That is beautiful. Yes. So good. And Hannah, if I recall, this is the episode we refer to back in our episode about Baby Mary, mm -hmm. where the sister screams and we're like, oh man, they would have loved to have had her on that movie set yes. in that future episode that we can't remember the name of, but totally exists. <laughs> Yeah, that's all I remember is like that's. Can you scream more screamy? Yeah, like that's one thing I remember most from this episode is that scene where she's trying to scream and it's coming out strange. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> ah! Ah! Kind of like our oh, no. name that monster segment. Ah! <laughs> if I remember correctly, there's also a scene where it, it has become kind of like a trope, or kind of like, it has become a trope where the teenage kids are saying, ooh, let's do a ritual, and then it actually ends up being a real ritual, only in this case, I think it's actors pretending to be teens, pretending to <laughs> do a ritual, yes. and then it ends up being a ritual in the movie. Mm -hmm. Mm. Uh, our first of the movie sets, Hannah. I'm excited. How many do we get in the whole series? Two? Two movie Three? sets and then one's a play. I was going to say, do we count the play? <laughs> I mean, it is a set. It is a set and it is supernatural. And Dean and Cass are dating in that play. They so are. <laughs> <sighs> Alright, Hannah, I am excited to talk about some Hollywood Babylons with you. And if I wanted to just babble on and on and on in your ear about how beautiful you are as a fan, <clears throat> where would I reach you? You can contact me on Tumblr at JailbreakFiend or Everything Overlord. That's my Misha blog. Oh, that Misha. Uh, you can contact the both of us on Tumblr at Sisters Talk Brothers. And you can contact me on Instagram, also JailbreakFiend. And Kindle, if people wanted to Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood all in your ear, where would they do so? <laughs> they would holler on down to KindleAbroad at Tumblr.com or Kindle, Kindle, Kindle on Insta. Or they can 
reach us both at sisterstalkbrothers at jamal.com. And Hannah. Yeah? We should definitely, now that the gig is up, or jig is up? Jig is up. Apparently my wife, after years and years of saying, I want to remain anonymous, I don't want anybody to know my name or that I hardly exist, is like, yeah, sure, say my name five million times in an episode and it's totally okay and I don't care if people know my social security number and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) You know, like, who am I even married to anymore? So I figured we should start ending each episode by saying thank you for all the beautiful editing. Thank you for all the beautiful editing. (laughs) She's making the cute scrunch, no likey face. It's okay, we'll continue to thank her in secret. Life is complicated. It is. So, tune in next week for... More monsters! More brothers! And more sisters! Bye! Bye. Your favorite color. Anytime I'm like, but I'm tired and I want to sleep. And you're like, no, sit down, watch this episode. It's good. I'm like, I know, and I'll have such a good time, but I'm so tired. You're like, sleep is for the dead. Come on. What's dead should stay dead. But we're not dead yet. (laughs) There's got to be a way. Hunky dory? Hunky dory? Hunky dory. Some other outdoored phrase. (laughs) Outdoored? Yes, an outdoored place. Uh, It went out the door a long time ago. You ding dong. <laughs> I'm a ding dong. That's right. She said she kind of thinks it's a pit bull. No. God damn it. <laughs> oh, the puppies. <laughs> I didn't count either, but I'm wishing I had. Mm. I had time. Back in the motel. De- well, not back. Motel, hotel, holiday. In the motel. <laughs> yes. Hello? Yeah, I'm reading. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought my so joke was that Greg's bad. <laughs> Sam says they should talk privately. Probably. Privately. Was it the Christian Bale version? Yes. <laughs> You're like, in my heart it was. It's the only yes. version. <laughs> Season 2, episode 18. I have no idea what the title is. It's done. It's a beautiful episode. It's a good enough.